the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. In episode two of Discussing Abusive Relationships, advocate for victims and survivors Patricia Walton and myself explore emotional and sexual abuse plus exit strategies for leaving an abusive relationship. Greetings, Patricia. Welcome to episode two. How are you? I'm good, Nigel. Thanks. How are you? I'm loving the great weather, so I'm good. During episode one, we discussed domestic violence including physical assault sexual assault emotional abuse verbal abuse social abuse damaging property and also financial abuse but we didn't really explore sexual and emotional abuse so I think we should really discuss those topics to kick off episode two how do you feel about that yep I think that's a great idea it's a good place to start tell me your views on emotional abuse and how it manifests itself I think the thing it's fair to say about emotional abuse, it's probably one of the more difficult ones to kind of to prove to people because it isn't something you can tangibly see. And often, you know, victims are advised to call 999 if they're being abused and if they're afraid. That normally presents itself more so on a physical perspective. If something's happened physically, it's a bit easier to say I'm being choked, I'm being strangled, I've been hit, I've been, you know, beaten, as opposed to calling the police and saying I'm being emotionally abused it's not a blue light emergency they're probably not even going to come round and might suggest that you seek some support elsewhere so emotional abuse is, is the one is one of those that's difficult how it shows itself is sometimes difficult as well because sometimes people are not sure that they're actually being abused so you know emotional abuse is very much about putting the the victim down making them feel bad about themselves calling them names, even making them think that they're crazy by playing mind games, humiliating and making her feel guilty, making the victim feel guilty. There's there's also lots of threats, you know, will threaten to, I will threaten to do this to you. There's the whole almost stalking, the monitoring of, of someone's whereabouts. Where are you going? Who are you going with? How long are you going to be? Why are you there? spying and checking their mobile phones, uh, checking their internet history. It is advised, though, for for women that are going to be uh, looking for support for emotional abuse on the internet is for them to delete their history after they've come off. Um, If you do have a partner that, you know, that's doing that, there isn't very much joint up decision making. The perpetrator will have control over money, etc. They will also, there's lots of Lots of lecturing as well, Nigel. They would be lectured at, spoken to, but not, you know, not spoken with. They're sometimes treated as a child, that the victim is treated as a child. They're told what to wear, how much to eat, who they can see, who they can't see. And there's this real unpredictable behaviour from the perpetrator about when they might explode. And there can be this kind of silent treatment and the victim is left not sure about when something is going to happen. Well, you mentioned the silent treatment, which is quite popular with abusers because it's used by abusers really as a form of control or to punish or to make the other person feel less than and also to test their boundaries. But all of those points you raise, they all centre around coercive control and there is legislation against that, isn't there? Well, there, it, I think there's definitely legislation about, you know, the, the stalking. Stalking wasn't something where there was a, a legislation for before, but more recently there became a legislation around that. You'll have to tell me some more about the coercion one though, Nigel. Coercive control 
it is a criminal offence. So it can be reported. And the job of the police is to investigate coercive control and gather evidence. How they go about that, the police may well ask for emails, text messages, voicemail recordings, photographs of injuries if there's any, or damage to property. So it is something that can be reported to the police and the police should take it seriously. Okay, so uh, so you're right in that, uh, in fact, all aspects of, of abuse should be taken seriously. They can, all of the types of abuse can be reported to the police, to the police, sorry, and something should be done about it. It should be investigated. They should look into it. If a woman is saying that she's being followed, they need to check that. If they're saying that somebody's going in to their phone or sending abusive text messages or emails or voicemails, especially those that are threatening. Even if they've recorded someone being threatening, if someone threatens, they say, I'm going to kill you, that can be taken to the police and that is an offence just to have made that threat. The police will take action if it is reported to them. So that is a good thing to know. Also, another part of emotional abuse is being ignored. And a lot of people don't actually recognise that. The damage caused by being ignored by someone you care about actually has a reaction in the brain that can be similar to physical pain. Yeah, that's right. And it's one of those ones where, like you said, most people, if you said to somebody that's that's a form of abuse, they probably wouldn't even have thought that that could possibly be abusive. There is still that control in the same way by by just simply not talking, by walking around and ignoring the person, by um, withholding comfort, uh, by withholding any kind of sexual interaction, not looking at the person. Psychologically, that's quite deep and it's very abusive. And the other type of abuse as well is when the abuser deliberately disrupts special occasions like birthdays, anniversaries, important deadlines or holidays and vacations. So abuse can take many different forms and it doesn't necessarily have to be physical. Now, talking about physical abuse, let's explore sexual abuse. So um, sexual abuse definitely includes uh, being raped. It can be a sexual assault. Um, Some women are sent out to, to take part in prostitution. There's also female genital mutilation. That's also abusive. It happens to young, young girls. The sexual harassment, people, uh, victims are often harassed about sex. There's sexual bullying as well. There's abuse within relationships with people expected to take part in quite violent uh, sexual acts and forced to do that. Women are sometimes forced to have sex with men that the perpetrator will bring in to the home or it could be their friends. Sometimes they videotape sexual acts and, um, and share that as well. And it impacts on everyone in a different way. However, trying to cope with any one of those things is, is really difficult. And some time ago, women that were married uh, felt that they had a duty. It was part of the husband's marital right for them to have sex, even when they didn't want to. They can also make women feel ashamed of how their body looks. They can say things like, no one else is going to be interested in you. So it has an impact on, on their self-esteem. People are having to take part in sexual, sexual activities when they're quite heavily pregnant and it's uncomfortable and, and don't, wish, don't wish to do so. And these women end up feeling unable to sleep because they're not sure when this sexual act might take place. And it affects uh, women and girls and even in same-sex relationships, this is something that, that happens as well. So, yeah, so that's um, that's some um, sexual activity. Also, another thing they do is they sometimes threaten the woman that if the woman doesn't have sex with them, they will go next door 
will go into the bedroom of the child and rape the child as a way of holding that woman into having sex when she really, really, really doesn't want to. There is actually a model called Darvo where perpetrators actually blame the victim. So Darvo refers to perpetrators and their criminal activities because rape is mm-hmm. a criminal offence. So many perpetrators will use this Darvo strategy. They will deny the abuse ever took place, attack the victim verbally for trying to hold them to account or for reporting the incident. They try and reverse the roles so they pretend to be the victim and the victim is made out to be the offender so they may accuse the victim of leading them on or asking for it you know and things like that. The Darvo that you have just described is very much characteristic of gaslighting and so the victim although they are the one that's been raped starts actually second guessing and thinking about did they actually ask for this and are they the victim there's this whole confusion that takes place and has a massive impact um, definitely on their self-esteem and they end up feeling very violated so they feel they feel ashamed uh, they, they, they blame themselves there's some self-hatred uh, sometimes they feel angry Women have even expressed feeling suicidal. They're even sometimes worried about whether they're going to be pregnant if that wasn't what what they planned. Well, thankfully, there is support out there for people who are being abused in relationships, emotionally, sexually or otherwise. What are the options for someone in an abusive relationship who wants to leave? The the, the thing is, uh, as we've mentioned uh, throughout the episodes, that the power and control is the soul of domestic abuse. And it's so because of the power and control, leaving is actually very, very difficult. And um, I guess it's one of the things that's commonly heard. Oh, why don't they leave? Why don't you leave? It's quite commonly heard. The reason uh, they don't leave is because um, it isn't actually that easy to do. You and I, Nigel, have spoken about the frog in the pot. So the frog, if placed in a pot of cool or cold water, will stay in that pot and then the fire will be turned up at which point they are deep in the water. If, however, the frog was placed into the pot at the time the water was hot, if it had the chance, it would jump straight out. That's very similar to uh, to an abusive relationship. So when deciding to leave now, you're taking away the power and control. The victim is taking away the power and control. So you need to think quite carefully about how you do this. And the suggestion would be to have a safety plan and get somebody to help you uh, to prepare that plan, whether it be an independent domestic violence advocate or a family friend. So there's, you need to look at a safety plan in a safe way um, of, of leaving. So, so some of the, 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 the plan would be, um, you know, if you're going to take your time and think about a, an extra exit strategy, it would be to identify somebody like, you know, like a friend, uh, a safe place to go, it would also be a good idea to probably go somewhere that the perpetrator doesn't doesn't know. So if it's your best friend, that's probably not the best place to go if he's frequented that address um, on a number of occasions. It's probably one of the first places he will go. So kind of find a safe friend, a safe place to go. What you can do is create a code word to use with your friend or friends and families or neighbours so that they know that this is what you're trying to do and can be alerted if, if something's wrong. You can also um, memorise some phone numbers or write phone numbers down that you're going to need that are important, whether it be friends, family or shelters. Because in the current day with technology, lots of our information 
stored in our phones. If the perpetrator takes your phone, then you won't have the numbers that you need. So try and discreetly have those numbers taken out of your phone just in case you don't have your phone nearby. Uh, make a list of things that you want to take if you're going to leave quickly. Think about the things that are really important. Uh, you can't take huge things that, that are sentimental to you. You just need to be able to leave in a very safe way. So think about any important you know, identity documents. You're going to need that for housing or wherever you go next. Uh, think about money. Um, you're going to need some money. To see if you can make a list, if you've got any spare car keys and you're going to drive, perhaps see if you can hide them somewhere or leave them somewhere. Ask your doctor for medication. If you've got a condition and you need medication, perhaps you can visit your doctor and say that you need to have some extra because this is what you're planning to do. Definitely think about your, your medical needs. Protect all of your online security. So if there's things online that you can shut down or remove any kind of information from there, then do that. Keep some copies of your paperwork if you're able to, because that's going to be really important. Think about birth certificates, social security cards, passports, immigration papers, children, health insurance, and a list of really important, important documents. While creating a safe exit strategy is really important, when you consider that on average two women per week are murdered by a partner or ex-partner, and also, leaving an abusive relationship isn't just about the leaving. It's also about, as you say, keeping yourself safe afterwards. Because some abusers will not take no for an answer and they can turn into stalkers, which is another thing we have to explore. Because stalkers are often not quite mentally stable and they will not take no for an answer. They often have obsessive personalities. They lack respect for other people's boundaries and sure. they can become very fixated. I mean, there has been cases where people have been murdered by stalkers. So it is a serious, it is a serious thing to consider. It's probably the point at which you're most at risk when, when you're trying, when you're at least trying to leave. Yeah. Yeah. I think the high risk time would be when a person is planning to leave and the abuser discovers they're planning mm. to leave or the person has actually left. Because again, we're, we're, going, sure. we're going back to power and control because the abuser will feel they've lost that power and control and will try and often get it back. Most definitely. But I think what we do want women to know is that that's really important. It's really important to know and understand that, that especially those three points at which you've just raised, are very difficult. But also to say that there are organisations that will help victims and support them through this process to have a safety plan, to try and do that safely and to keep themselves thereafter safe once they've actually once they've actually left well there is a easy way to consider if someone's a stalker or not are they fixated are they obsessive are they unwanted and is their behavior repeated so that's called four f-o-u-r so that's an easy way to mm -hmm. have a quick check to see if you are being subjected to any type of stalking abuse because I think, I think that's really important. Often as the victim, you don't really know what constitutes abuse. Uh, you, don't sometimes, you don't know what you're looking for. I know we discussed red flags in the last episode, but sometimes you don't actually even know what a red flag is and what are the characteristics of somebody who will be abusive. So that's quite important that you've just spoken about before. Well, in terms of emotional abuse, it can actually cause serious brain damage. It can affect the amygdala, which controls life functions such as breathing, heart rate, and basic emotions. It can also affect the hippocampus as well. 
hippocampus is responsible for memory and learning. So emotional abuse can actually have short to medium term effects that can be quite serious. Free phone 24 hour national domestic abuse helpline telephone number 0808200247. That's 0808200247. If you are suffering in an abusive relationship, you are not alone. For men, they can contact the Mankind Initiative. 018233324244 that's 018233324244 have you ever experienced a relationship nightmare come and share your story on a in conversations podcast you do not have to use your real name and your story might really help someone escape an abusive relationship please contact me on facebook or linkedin search for nigel beckles Thank you. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from www.relationshipmistakesbook.com and amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. Thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.